We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. The Roto-Grinders Daily Fantasy Football Podcast is presented to you by Yahoo Sports Daily Fantasy. You got to check them out week one. They are running a $1 million prize pool that is rake-free. No management costs whatsoever. And even best part about it, $25 entry, only 10 entry max, and a great payout structure. It is the best GPP week one. You need to check it out for yourself. It's Yahoo Sports Daily Fantasy. Welcome back to the absolutely epic early week podcast. Football is back. Dean here, Dean 704. If you want to go technical on me, first time of the season, going to be yapping about some football. This is a first look podcast, as always, almost always available. Uh, Tuesday afternoons, we record Monday nights, batting first, leading off, returning champion. You know him from such things as monkey knife fight and being the third guy from the left on the evolutionary charts. It's Grant Niefer. That was a solid razz there. I'm going to give that to you. I'm not really like giving you compliments. <laughs> I've seen that chart and it's pretty darn accurate. Oh, gosh, I'm, I'm ready for football to be back after this very, very long day I've had. But this, this, this first week is the same thing as every week. Oh, there's like seven guys that are entirely mispriced. Great. Let's see how this goes. Well, I don't know if it's going to be this way going forward. You know, they kind of tinker it as the season progresses. You know, salary. Oh, I spent week uh, one, week one, every single year. It's the same. Yes. Uh, yeah, you, we're gonna like everybody. I feel like that's the problem, and you can only play so many people, and like everybody can't be 100 percent owned. Uh, that is our returning champion, uh, Grant Nefer. We would be recording earlier if it wasn't for uh, Travis Van Gogh, who turns out, Grant, he's a diva. <laughs> I'm not available at this time, not available at that time. But Van Gogh, uh, of course, you know Travis Van Gogh from such things as uh, the Sharp Side app, and uh, not watching good movies. Van Gogh, what's going on, dude? Yeah, man, uh, I'm a diva like Melvin Gordon, man. I demanded $8 million from RG, and I did not get that. And instead, they stuck me on this podcast with you two schmucks. So there we go. Um, but no, I'm, I'm excited to be here with you guys. Excited to be talking football season, nonsense, all the good things. And uh, apparently, you know, I, I was on last year, and I, I did a good enough job. The dress rehearsal went well. So uh, I hope I'm back for the whole season. Hopefully, I don't get the hook after a couple of weeks. He yeah. doesn't know that it's the same situation we had with Dean where he asked like six other people, and they're like, no, I don't want to – I don't want to be up that early on a Monday night. Yeah. <laughs> you were like the ninth person. We call, like, oh, at some point, we're like, ah, screw it. Let's just call Mango. And I guess he'll do it. Sure. I mean, I know he wants $8 million, but that's not happening. Uh, and here I we mean, are. the girl at the bar at 1.45 a.m. <laughs> Way to flatter. Hey, we got to haze. Uh, we got to haze the new guy for sure. Uh, so traditionally, again, first look podcast. This will be out. You know, this is the first thing you listen to for the week. It shouldn't be your last because our takes, at least my takes, may change as the week progresses, as more and more information comes out. Um, Grant, well, I guess there's a couple of things we have to break into as, as far as we want, we wanted to, you know, make it as interactive as possible. We want to 
uh, please the people. I'm here for the people. I'm a man of the people, Grant. So I think we want to like say, tell us in the comments, not the comments on Twitter when it's dropped, but the comments actually on the Rotogrinder site. If you tell us like your best advice or your bet, like, what do you want to hear? Tell us what you want to hear. Or if you just got to make us laugh, whatever it is, somebody's going to give us the best possible option, the best possible piece of advice, Grant. We're going to implement that next week. And we're going to give them some RG swag. We've got to incentivize this to some degree. Does that sound about right? Does that, does that seem pretty fair for you, Grant? That seems fair for me. We want your guys' input because we have no idea what we're doing anymore. <laughs> Mangone, confirmed, deny? Yeah, man, I'm like The Rock, man. I'm the people's champ. I, I, want, I want all the people you to be happy. You are way so. shorter than The Rock and also slightly less muscular. It's also like 27 movies ago. He's no longer the people's champ. He doesn't uh, wrestle anymore. When you're the people's champ, you're always the people's yeah, champ. Yeah, you don't champ. lose that. Yeah, that's something you don't lose, Dean. I feel like he turned with the people. Wasn't he like a bad guy at some point? Didn't that happen? I don't know. I don't recall. Uh, you're derailing the show, Mango, and that's myself and Grant's. Dude, someone has to keep us on, on track. And Mango, you, you said you can hold us to that. Is that not something you're uh, contractually obligated to do so now? Yeah, I, I, will, I will do that. I didn't get my $8 million I wanted like Melvin Gordon, but uh, I will make sure to do that uh, going forward. My apologies. We have a Grant's uh, rant on layaway, which I'm, I'm totally excited about. We're going to break down. We're going to talk about uh, – you know, the, the games as a whole, as far as team stacks, uh, you know, we're going to break it down position by position as far as our favorite positions going down. Later on in the show, of course, we're going to have the tweets or consequences where uh, we put our tweets on the line. And whoever finishes the worst as far as the outcome, we pick a guy, a situation, whatever it may be, we are forced to tweet uh, something written by most likely Grant. I don't know. Grant, you're probably taking that responsibility uh, universally, I assume, except for yourself when you lose, inevitably. Week one. Yeah, of course, it's going to be something that I write. I'm, I'm the only non, non-normal person here, I would say. That's not it. That's not even remotely true. Never mind. <laughs> hey, just tell the people, what, what content are you guys providing this year for NFL? Where, outside of the podcast, Grant, where can the people find you? I mean, I'll be doing Monkey Knife Fight videos, picks for pretty much every single game, which who knows if that'll go well. And... <laughs> You can't you can't win long run by picking the over under and the spread on every single game throughout the course of the season. Even though I did have a six percent win percentage last year, that just means I'm going to get forty percent this year. Wait, have you not heard of Vegas Dave and his whale plays? He was thirty seven and zero like every single week last year. Yeah, I'm I'm apparently not Vegas Dave. <laughs> Mango, you know about Vegas Dave, right? Yeah, I'm not Vegas Dave. I'm, I'm Jersey Trav, but I don't know how much that holds there, but. <laughs> Where can the people find your content, Mango? And where else are they going to find you around, the, around uh, RG? Yeah, so uh, I'm doing sharp side content for uh, the football games. I do a lot of props articles, and mostly we be providing picks too to games as well. So you'll see those over on the Sharp Side YouTube channel. Head on over there, subscribe. There's tons of awesome content. Uh, if you can do that, we would really appreciate that. You know, give us the likes, the subscribes. We we always love that. And I'm also doing another show. I'm kind of cheating on you guys in a, a little bit. What? At Rotor Grinders, uh, I'm doing one with uh, one Brandon Adams, right? You know him from Poker, the State King, shipping tons of money in DFS, and uh, he's got a site. I, I forget the name of it. Something Analytics. Uh, I should get that oh, down. Oh yeah, you're a great. Doesn't really excited about that. What it works for? I know. <laughs> I, I, you. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I just lost this mod, but no, it's. Uh, He's an absolutely awesome player in the industry. I'm excited to dive into his mind, talk with him about that. And also another guy that works with him, Stuart Gibson. So we're going to be breaking that down. And uh, yeah, check that out, guys. I think it's going to be dropping on Friday night. So uh, we're still in the process of kind of getting together with it and, you know, wrapping it all up and what we want to talk about. But we, uh, you know, I'm liking what we're seeing and I can't, I can't wait to talk with him because again, he's a really sharp dude. And I love, you know, having a different look that I've never heard in DFS. And he's someone that I feel like we've never really had on a podcast, like throughout the industry. So before we dive in and do like a, you know, an overall view, Grant, is there something that we, it's like, like all we care about is NFL week one, right? We don't really care about two months ago, three months ago, four months ago, uh, Antonio Brown's helmet, who really cares? Just all we care about is what happens week one. Um, do you want to talk about any of that? Or you just want to just dive in and talk about the slate? I mean, I think we dive in and talk about the slate because so many things that like are happening are very pertinent to this first week because of mispricing because of what happened a month ago, two months ago. That's basically what happens. Yeah, Mangone. And, and, and stuff will come up organically as well, obviously. But uh, Mangone, you know, you're uh, – well, you guys are both, uh, I guess, Vegas content type, so uh, we're going to be focusing a lot on totals as well. The highest total on the board, Mangone, is the KC-Jacksville game. And we should say we basically focus on, again, uh, we're recording Monday night, basically at the end of or in the middle of Monday Night Football uh, going forward. So this is a first-look podcast. 
it's not going to be as in depth, and we can't hit up every single site. We're mainly focused on the uh, the DK main slate, which is the twelve gamer this week. So you have a lot of money, and we'll talk about all the guys that are kind of too cheap based upon the prices being unleashed what a month ago or so. Uh, Kansas City, obviously the most appealing offense in all you know in all football, but they're facing you know a historically tough Jacksonville defense, Mango, and of course that's the biggest board, uh, the board number fifty two and a half, which isn't a monster. We've seen KC last year, you know, in games like 60, 61, 62, give or take. Uh, what do we do with this game? Like, uh, you know, because best offense against a really tough defense on the road. Uh, are we throwing our hands up? We, we, we make, we get taking a stand. Uh, what's your, uh, what's your thought process here? Yeah. I mean, I think there's a guy in this game that like you can argue in GPPs could be a lock button type play, right? Like crazy people, like Eric Crane, I think could be like, Hey, like if there's one guy I want to lock on this slate, like I think there's a guy in tournaments that you can lock. I think he's a phenomenal play. He might be more of a chalkier option, and I believe he's going to be a guy that's in my cash games too. He's not on the best offenses in the league side of the ball. He's on the opposite side. It's D.D. Westbrook. He's going to have all the opportunity in the world. You got the whole narrative of Nick Foles has been, you know, playing preseason with him and feeding him a ton. And, uh, yeah, I just think this spot, perfect game script. Like, everything lines up for – for a phenomenal game for D.D. Westbrook. I also think Leonard Fournette, like, he's a guy that always gets hurt, right? But he's like Jordan Reed right now. It's week one. We know he's healthy. We know he's in good shape. This is the time to play Leonard Fournette. I think he's a really good tournament option. His price is 6.1K on DK. I really like him here. He's someone that I think you can consider in cash games and in tournaments. I think both of those two guys are great. I don't mind Nick Foles if you need a cheap quarterback, but not someone I'm, you know, jamming in my lineups. And, of course, on the Kansas City side of the ball, Anything goes. I mean, they're all phenomenal options, but I have a lot of interest in the Jaguars in this game. But, but Grant, we should like clarify here as far as who plays what. Mangone, uh, you said lock button uh, on Westbrook. You play one lineup, so like every guy you play is a lock button, right? <laughs> yeah, no, but I implied like if I, I don't think it's crazy if you're playing 150 lineups. Like, Dean, you talked oh. to me, you said I'm doing fantasy draft. I might be doing 60 to 70 teams. Like, I don't think it's crazy to lock D.D. Westbrook at that price. I don't think it's a crazy thing to do. Like, if you want to, you know, eventually we get to our betting idea, if you can take a stand and want to take some crappy guy in this range, like Mohamed Sanu or John Brown, go right ahead. But I think – you're <laughs> drafting Mohamed Sanu in? What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, you know, I was just naming the bad receivers in that range. You know, hoping to bait you into taking a really bad play. But um, D.D. Westbrook, I just think, is one of the better plays on this slate at wide receiver. I just think he's such a great point-per-dollar play. And – I'm a huge fan. Grant, I mean, am I crazy? Uh, is Dean is Dean right for calling me out on this? It's a ridiculous take. It's, it's not that re- – well, it's a ridiculous take, take because everyone's kind of on D.D. Westbrook, I feel like. Everyone said that he's going to be a great wide receiver this year. We've seen what he's done in the past. We've seen what he's done in tournaments. Everyone remembers the last eight weeks of two seasons ago where he had the biggest target share in the league for a small stretch of a time. He's a guy that is getting a better quarterback and now is in a better system and is in a – game where they have a 23.25 implied team total here so I get what he's saying I don't think it makes sense just absolutely lock button here it's the first week chalk is going to be highly concentrated so you can get multiple guys with a whole lot of upside here and yeah you talk about guys that you can throw in instead of him DVD Westbrook isn't guaranteed to get a touchdown he's not guaranteed to get over 100 yards he could end up with 70 yards and eight catches like that's very viable but lock him in, that's not going to really help you win a GBP. So I think it is better to diversify. Go with a guy like Adam Humphreys, who we've seen, who's seen better games than D.D. Westbrook ever has, strangely enough. And he's in a new offense where there's not really – there's wide receivers in there, but none of them really are that great. And I know that a lot of them have talent here, but, like, there's guys in this range that you can go with that have a whole lot more upside. Well, look, Samuel, I would say at 4.2K, seems like an underpriced. He's probably the most popular wide receiver. And by no means am I besmirching Westbrook. I think he's definitely in the conversation uh, for cash game. He's absolutely not a lock button for me for tournaments. And I'm playing, you know, a a fair series of tournaments uh, this year, at least week one, especially that fantasy draft tournament where it's probably going to overlay and there's no rake. So, yeah, I'm in on that. Um, It's not that much more. Uh, Well, DJ Moore uh, is 5.5K. Lockett at 6K is the last man standing in Seattle versus Cincinnati. I'm in in on that. Uh, Godwin at 6'2 seems underpriced against San Fran, a game that could shoot out. So, And, again, there's so many good running back values we'll talk about as well, too. It it just doesn't seem necessary. He's probably a good dollar-for-dollar play. He definitely is a good dollar-for-dollar play. But who says he can't get 70 yards, six catches, and no touchdowns? And that's it, 13 points, which is okay. But by no means, uh, you know, are you cashing anything because of that? I did want to ask, actually, before we kind of fully dive into this, Grant, uh, we were talking about this pre-show. Give me 
you know, I like the idea of like a word or a phrase that might like summarize the week as far as how we're diving into it. Uh, what is your word or phrase that might summarize week one for you? Chalk. It's the same thing I use to describe it every single year. It's chalk. Yeah. And on that conversation, mine is groupthink. Uh, you know, every, there's all sorts of content out there, including Rotor Grinders, and we all sort of think the same things. And not only that, not just think our same things, but like all these ideas of like who's good and who's bad. And we've already think, oh, well, this team is good. This team is bad. This team is doing this. This team is doing that. And I always say this, man, going like, we're Jon Snow, man. We know nothing. We think we know. But in two or three weeks, we'll look back and say, well, I thought that was going to happen. And, you know, I, you, we can always say so many things definitively. And we'll look back and some things we'll be right about, some things we won't. And for that reason, just like Grant's saying, uh, the – now, again, there's a lot of good plays. I think players will be dispersed as far as ownership, but there's going to be a lot of guys that are also like 5% owned that might just sort of come out of nowhere and stick up on people. Uh, your thought on that, man, going, and what is your, what is your uh, phrase of the week? Hey, man, when you asked me that, like it came to my mind, I thought of that song, Won't You Take Me To Value Town? Because it's all the value, man. I mean, it's value here, value there. It's value everywhere. I mean, there's so many good plays. And again, like that's why I don't think – like if you want a lock button and take a stand on like a really good chalkier option, like a poll that you mentioned, like Tony Pollard, if he's going to be the guy, like I don't hate a guy like that you can lock button there. Like obviously I wouldn't have lock button DD and Tony Pollard, but he's a guy that I think if he's in the role that we're possibly expecting, if Zeke doesn't play, he's a guy that you're just going to want to load up on because he's such a cheap option. So there's just value everywhere. Dean. So that's where I, that's kind of how I sum it up. I'm still great. I'm still recovering from, uh, <laughs> from, from man going, dropping some bars on us. When we asked him to join the pod, we didn't realize he was this versatile. Did you? At least I didn't. I had no idea. <laughs> listen, listen, uh, not the only person here at Rotor Grinders who can sing. Pepsi, I'm coming for that singing trophy you got. <laughs> you, you mean, wait, you mean cheese? Well, yeah, cheese can sing too. Oh. I forgot about that. But Pepsi's got a singing trophy, you know, Dean's, uh, Dean's best friend, as they say. So we're about like 13 minutes in the first part of the year. And a new member, uh, Mangone, has already insulted Brandon Adams and Jesus Good. <laughs> Keep it up. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the podcast. Um, yeah, so uh, what are your thoughts there, Grant, as far as like the big totals at the top? Again, the, the totals aren't that huge for week one. 52 and a half is the biggest number as of right now on Monday night. Kansas City versus Jacksonville. You got the Rams versus Carolina at 50 and a hook. San Fran, Tampa, 49 and a half. Atlanta, Minnesota. Detroit, Arizona, 47, 46-ish. You know, there's nothing like you necessarily have to play, right? Yeah, I don't think there's anything you necessarily have to play. I mean, we look at last year, and we had Tampa Bay going up against one of the best defenses in the league in New Orleans, and Ryan Fitzpatrick goes and just absolutely destroys things. There's new guys coming into new offenses. Some of them are going to mesh better. We saw it with Sean McVay like two years ago. There's all sorts of different spots with new coaches and new players, and you don't really know how they're going to mesh. Groupthink is so heavy at this point in the year that you kind of don't really want to go with that much chalk. I think it's a viable week to game stack most games and try and find a quarterback that's going to be very low owned that you can use and has the potential for a massive outing here. So, like, looking at these games, we see the guys at the top here, KC, Philly, Rams, Dallas, Seattle, Minnesota, and the Chargers are the top offenses on the entire slate in terms of implied team totals here. And you look down at the bottom and you find teams like Buffalo, Cincinnati, Miami, which – Miami uh, happens to have the top scoring quarterback of last year at this point, just so you know. Uh, but there's always good spots that you can target that people are going to go wait, wait. Hold on. At this point, what are you talking about at this point? Who, who had the most points after week one last year and after week two last year? <laughs> so how is that predictive going? So you're suggesting that Fitzpatrick is like going to keep that going? Well, what happened in week six and seven and eight? Wasn't he replaced? No, that was week like four and five, and then he got back in six, and then he went out in seven. I think he got back in eight. I don't know. I can't remember. But he did put up massive numbers when he was actually in the game, and he was perpetually underpriced here. Um, I'm not saying play Fitzpatrick because it is going against Baltimore, but I'm just saying it's a scenario in week one where you can find these offenses that have almost no implied team totals. They're going to come in around 1% to 2% ownership that you can full stack, hoping for a big outing. Like, I mean, the guy that I'm really looking at is – Josh Allen, he's going up against a team that is decent. They have a 17.5 implied team total against them. Probably going to be running the ball a lot with Le'Veon Bell. But they can give up a bunch of uh, touchdowns here. Josh Allen is able to air the ball. He is able to run a ton. His wide receivers are cheap. Like, it's a scenario that we've seen time and time again, and he's still probably going to garner almost no ownership. 
So just to clarify, Mango, you may see, you mainly come at it from a, a cash game perspective. And I know, Grant, you play cash games as well, but you're all over the place, right? You're playing cash, you're playing tournaments, you're playing everything, correct? I pretty much play everything from head-to-heads, 50-50s, small field tournaments, 10-man tournaments, all the way to the Millie Maker. Mango, are you diversifying as far as making more than one lineup for football? Do you make more than one lineup for football? I know you don't do so much, you know, uh, in baseball and basketball. You're more of like a one lineup guy. Is that the same deal with football, or do you kind of like roll out a couple uh, just for fun? Well, in cash games, I play like one lineup per site. So, you know, I'm going to be on – I believe I'll be on Fantasy Draft, Yahoo, FanDuel, and DraftKings. That's what I'm currently doing. I'll probably be playing some drafts as well. So I'll be all over the place. But it depends on what site where I'm playing tournaments. Like if I'm doing Yahoo, I'll probably like max enter, like, you know, the, the management fee contest, and I'll put, you know, X amount of lineups in whatever the max is. But like on a site like DraftKings, we're talking the salary, I really like doing a lot of the three-entry max stuff. Uh, yeah. And – and that, that's where I'll definitely be living, doing those contests. And I'll throw them in things that aren't three-entry max, too. But I like focusing on those in GVPs. There's some really good payout structures. I know the 150 is always pretty good. I think the Wildcat's always a pretty good contest. Uh, it just depends on the payout structures every week. And, yeah, I, I definitely make three tournament lineups. And sometimes I throw my cash one in instead. It just kind of depends on the week. But I definitely like focusing on three, hand-building them, and hand-crafting it to, like, you know, the proper and appropriate game stack that I like. Handcrafting, come you with the fan. That's like it's like a like a, a domestic beer or something. I mean, did you see me? I showed you my handcrafted project when I was a kid. I mean, you know, I can handcraft things, Dean. You were gonna have to tweet that tweet that out to the people. It is an absolute disaster, and I, I'm not gonna tell them what emblem it's supposed to be. They will have no idea. Uh, Grant, something we'll be talking about a lot in this podcast is stacking, uh, and like talk talk about how much you want to make sure you stack do you have to stack when uh, when building your football lineups at, at the very least you want a correlation with a quarterback and one of his receivers of course you could play a guy like Allen naked you, you reference him as well I know you're a big fan and of course he's got the legs too and his receivers are kind of up and down um how much are you prioritizing stacking and how deep of a stack can you go uh as far as uh maybe two or three uh teammates maybe running it back on the other side is that a week-to-week thing is that something you seek out how do you do that I mean, it literally depends on every single slate, on every single contest. What you're doing drastically depends on what the prize payout is. In the Millie Maker, you almost always want to stack and stack pretty heavily and bring something back from the other side of it because you want that game that shoots out because that's pretty much the one that wins it almost every single week. And you look at every single thing differently on a base by case-by-case basis. Also, taking a guy like Jacoby Brissett, you don't need a full stack Jacoby Brissett because he's 4,400, so you don't need a giant amount of points out of him. Like, it's all based on salary, how much you want to stack. If you're taking a team like, let's say the Rams, you don't need to take Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and Brandon Cooks. If you're taking a team with two high-priced wide receivers, you don't necessarily need to take both those wide receivers. If you're taking a team like Tampa Bay, you can just take Jameis Winston along with Mike Evans because there's always the chance that he gets 15, 16 targets in a game. Like, it depends on every every single scenario is entirely different. And a t- guy like Baker Mayfield at certain points of the season last season, he was spreading the ball out so much that you wanted to stack him with a lower price guy on his offense, like Higgins or like Najoku or something like that, where you're stacking him knowing he's going to spread the ball around and you're looking for the touchdowns and a slight uptick in targets when you're stacking him because you just want the guy that gets the most touchdowns. I just want to get the little mini primer out there for anybody that's kind of joined the show for the first time or playing NFL DFS for the first time. Just these are terms we're going to be talking about. And Grant, one more thing, just kind of elaborate and clarify stacking because I think it's important and I don't think it's stressed enough or talked about enough. Like you, you, mentioned, you mentioned the millionaire maker on, on DK and you kind of sort of basically sort of have to hit the nuts. And uh, a lot of times that's going to be a stack of some sort, but also if you're playing on a site like fantasy draft or a site like a, uh, Yahoo or whatever that has maybe like a thousand or 15 man, 1500 man tournament. Uh, you don't have to be as meticulous with the stack as a, as in depth. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not a requirement because you don't have to hit the absolute nuts. You're not going up against 200, 300, 400,000 people in this tournament. You're going up against five to 10,000 people going into a hundred man tournament. You just kind of want to go for high floor ceiling combos because the payout up top compared to the min cash is only like a, 80% difference as compared to the Millie Maker, where it's a 99.9999% difference, something like that. So it's drastically different payout structures kind of lean you towards something. And so the bigger tournaments obviously have much bigger up top. So going into a tournament where it's a thousand times as much to the top place compared to one that's 20 times as much to the top place, you're not really going as much for the top as you are going for both the cash and the possibility of getting to the top. I think it's very important. I feel like that's not talked about enough. And also, like, the, the pay distribution 
understanding if it's a flat payout or if it's a ridiculous, you know, uh, amount at the top. And that should factor in how you're building lineups as well. Uh, Mangone, feel free to chime in on top of that or just kind of give us another overview take as far as a slate. Or if you want, you can just kind of open up quarterbacks. Yeah, uh, you know, I'll just open up quarterbacks. Uh, you know, obviously stacking is an important thing. And I think Grant hit a ton of great things there. But yeah, we'll talk about quarterbacks. And I, I've heard like, you know, people talking about playing Brissett. And I just don't know if that's the thing you need to do in this week. We just have so much value. And uh, I'm definitely buying into the Kyler Murray hype. I think he's someone I'm definitely going to look to. I think he's going to, you know, be chalky. And I'm not someone that forces my quarterback in first. When I build my lineups for cash games specifically, uh, I'm putting in the running backs that I want. I want the guys that are going to get the most value, most opportunity. You know, I want the running backs that are catching the ball and running the ball. And then I try and see what quarterback fits based on what receivers I have and then kind of go from there. So uh, I don't prioritize quarterback. And I think that there obviously are quarterbacks to look at based on how you're game stacking. Right. And, uh, the game stacks, like, I guess I could touch on it a little bit that I like. One that I'm a big fan of is the San Francisco game and the Tampa Bay game. So I'm sure I'll have, you know, at least a, one Jimmy Garoppolo and one Jameis Winston because I like that game stack a lot. That's when I'm definitely going to be all over, and I think there's a ton of scoring going to be going down. I'm not going to, like, name drop or anything, but I was talking to one Chris Gimino pre-show, and he likes that San Francisco side uh, for tournaments as far as a stack. He couldn't really pinpoint exactly who to pair with Garoppolo because it's, it's kind of a ragtag outside of uh, Kittle. Do you have a favorite to, to pair him, or is, is Kittle your answer? Yeah, I would say my favorite. I mean, especially my best ball shares, they're saying the same thing. I got 23% Jimmy Garoppolo. I got 35% Kittle. And then receiver, I got a lot of Pettis. I got him at like 32%. So I'm in on this Niner stack. And, yeah, I'm definitely on the Jimmy G-Kittle combo. And I'm a buyer in Pettis. Uh, let me see his price. I haven't looked it up it's yet. It's expensive. It's yeah, more that is. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a fade first. I mean, look, of course, you can do anything you want in tournaments. You can compare him with Jimmy G, but uh, that I feel like that price does not make sense in comparison to the field. Yeah, but I still think, obviously, like we're going to have a lot of salary, and I, I'll probably have spots where I can do that. So, uh, And I'll run it back with guys like Mike Evans, uh, you know, Godwin. Uh, th those are two guys I really like. O.J. Howard I'm a big fan of. So, uh, yeah, that game in general, like that's the game that gets me real hot and heavy, man. Like I see that game, the pants come off. Like I'm excited for Niners and uh, Bucks. So uh, that's the game I'm probably most excited about from a tournament perspective. Well, there you go. <laughs> Thank you for the visual. Um, so I, I, I threw out some polls on the old Twitter machine and you guys, uh, you guys are aware of you retweeted them. I'm not sure if you looked at the results. Hopefully you didn't. It'll make a little, it'll be a little more fun. Uh, so, uh, if you guys want to partake, I'm going to do this every single Monday and we'll talk about whatever's interesting, uh, on the pod. And, uh, you know, you guys participate as far as the polls, but Grant, I asked the people, uh, which of the following quarterbacks are you most likely to roster first, uh, on the DK main slate, Grant, we have Wentz versus Washington at 5.7 K. The aforementioned Mahomes at 7.2K versus Jacksonville. Uh, Kyle Murray, aforementioned as well, versus Detroit at 5.6K. Or Lamar Jackson in a narrative street homecoming game. He's from South Florida at the decrepit, putrid, and you know, insert your own uh, adjective here, Miami Dolphins. Who's your favorite amongst that bunch? I mean, it depends on what you're talking about. You look at the Vegas implied team totals here. Philly's sitting at 27.5 here, and yes, they are a decent favorite. So maybe a bit of that is running later on in the game. But Wentz is the lowest price when you consider the Vegas implied total. And everyone's so excited about Kyle Mur Kyler Murray. And yes, he has a decent implied team total. And yes, he can run. But like realistically, Wentz is the guy that's most likely to be the highest scoring of that group on a point-per-dollar basis. He's going up against Washington. Their defense is not great. And he's expected to score the most amount of points. He has a lot of targets in that offense, including two good tight ends. So, I mean, he's the most likely candidate, I think, to put up a big game considering his price tag. Yeah, I like him a good bit, especially for cash. The tricky part is, you know, the distribution as far as the pieces of pie that they get, they get delegated amongst the team, uh, Grant. It feels like there's so many guys that can be that guy for Philadelphia, and it feels like every single week it's going to be a different person, be it Sproles or Sanders or Howard being, you know, siphoning at the goal line. You know, you, you got Djax catching a bomb. You got Aguilar as a thing. You mentioned Ertz, mentioned Goddard, Alshon Jeffrey. I don't know how who to pair with Wentz. Like, it, that, that seems to make it a little bit trickier. Of course, you know, it could be anyone, any one of these guys. They're probably the most consistent will probably be Ertz uh, at a tight, you know, at a tight end position. Does that sort of make it a little bit more difficult to, to stack a guy like Wentz in tournaments? Yeah, it absolutely does. But it also makes people less 
likely to stack them with the right guy. So you can create in some leverage there. I was talking about more from a cash game perspective and just a raw points perspective. When it comes to stacking for tournaments, I think a lot of people are going to be on Murray and then just go with the obvious guy of Kirk, David Johnson, and maybe a little bit of Larry Fitzgerald, although the dude's old. When you're looking at Lamar Jackson, everyone's just going to assume go with him naked. And that's a fine play. It very easily could work out well. He's probably going to get a ton of rushing yards. And who was the last guy? Uh, Mahomes. Mahomes, obviously. They're just going to go with Tyreek Hill, but Jacksonville has a good defense. You can go with any number of guys. Uh, well, obviously, Hill and Kelsey being the top two guys here. But Mahomes is going to be a guy that people are going to be a little bit scared away from using because he's going up against Jacksonville. And while we did see certain spots last year, like going up against Baltimore, where he didn't have the greatest game in the world, kind of salvaged it a little bit going into overtime. But he can go up against good defenses, and he can struggle a little bit. So I think that people might not be on him as much. I think he might be the better tournament play, although people might be able to use him pretty easily, depending on if Pollard's going to be available or if Zeke's actually going to play. So it kind of determines the slate a little bit based on if Pollard is going to be the starting back week one. Yeah, that will affect lineup construction for sure, and we're going to address that shortly. Uh, bold call, uh, Lamar Jackson gets the rushing bonus and gets a rushing touchdown. Who's with me? Bold call, Josh Allen gets a rushing touchdown and the rushing bonus. Well, hold on a second. <laughs> this could be this. I think uh, Lamar Jackson outscores Josh Allen. Yeah, really? Oh, go with the chalk thing. That's great. Well, well I, I just backed you up in a corner, and all of a sudden you're afraid of tweets. That's what it sounds like to me. Oh, if we want to do this, we'll just give uh, Mango and Kyle Mur Kyler Murray, and we can just straight up go with most rushing yards. Oh. Oh, oh, man, I think Mangone – this is a lot of fun. Mangone, are you in on that? I intended – like, you have, you have, like, the nuts, though. Like, I'm not, I'm not in on this. I'm stuck with Josh Allen. <laughs> Grant's no, losing. It doesn't no, matter. Right. Grant is probably losing. Um, Silver medal's good. As long as you don't get the bronze, you're fine. Listen, I have a reliable source in uh, Edmonds from the Cardinals. He said that, uh, you know, they're going to open everything up in week one, so I'm going to trust that source. There we go. So I'm in. Are 20 to 25 witnesses to confirm this source, or is just the, we're just going to trust it blindly? Yeah, we're, we're going to just trust it blindly. No 20 to 25 witnesses, though. There were 20 to 25 witnesses to see uh, Louisville pound down uh, uh, Notre Dame in my uh, bet to cover today. So go, uh, go Cardinals. Well, who, yeah, who won the game, though? Did Notre Dame win? Yeah, Notre Dame won, but I won my bet. That's all that matters. Who doesn't pound the <laughs> Guys, back on task. <laughs> Thank you. When Grant's getting us back on task, this is a this, this could be an issue. Uh, as far as the poll results, by the way, 37% to Wentz, 33% to LJAX. Um, is LJAX a thing or did I just make it up? Not really sure. Uh, Murray at 16% and Mahomes at 14%, which is pretty interesting. And also that kind of speaks to the fact that, hey, we live in the world of a salary cap. But again, it's not that hard to fit anybody uh, and, in, and any more thoughts as far as uh, quarterbacks? We can kind of break, uh, you know, break into anybody else if you want to throw them out there, Grant, or we can jump to running backs that you kind of reference because I just want to mention Jared Goff. Uh, people forget how good he was with Cooper Cup in the offense last year, especially with Gurley taking as many touchdowns in that offense as he did. That's a slightly different situation. I don't know if they're going to be nearly as run heavy. It's a whole new season. McVay might go a little bit less hard on Gurley throughout the course of the season, knowing that in all likelihood he's going to make the playoffs. So Gurley might get a little rest, and yes, the back running backs may get a little bit more workload in the end zone. But Jared Goff, in multiple different times in, during last season, had massive games in which he put up 400-plus yards, I believe. And he could easily do it here. So looking at guys that are moderately priced, like Woods, like Cook, like Cup, all three of them, you can throw any two in the offense, and hopefully those are the two guys that go off. If Jared Goff goes off for a big game and Gurley isn't the one sniping the touchdowns away, he's a guy that I think is going to go slightly overlooked. Uh, man, going, you want to give us a quarterback or two before we move on? Winston, you know, that guy gets a 300 – he cracks the 300-yard threshold as far as the bonus basically half the time the last two or three years. I saw that note out there somewhere on the Twitter machine. Uh, Mayfield looks like a fun uh, guy to stack with ODB or OB – ODB? Let's go with – is it ODB? Sure. Uh, nonetheless, uh, that Atlanta game. OBJ? Like, OBJ. Who's ODB? Well, it's old Dirty Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> are, are, are they the same person? I mean. Uh, man, go inspect the deck or uh, – <laughs> never mind. Uh, okay, Yoni Bells as far as quarterbacks or shall we uh, jump off and talk about running backs? Because the conversation here, again, we don't know, is Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. That can kind of dictate a lot this week. Yeah, so you mentioned something interesting. Like there's two quarterbacks I was going to bring up in conversation, and you kind of just mentioned them. Like I mentioned talking about Jameis Winston and liking him, but why was Jameis Winston so successful last year? 
Well, because of his offensive coordinator. He had Monk in there. And who has Monk in now? That's Baker Mayfield. And I expect Baker Mayfield to have a massive season this year. Uh, I believe I was listening to a podcast. I believe Chris Raybon uh, said this. He was talking about how Winston and uh, Fitzpatrick, if you put their fantasy, you know, scores together they were the QB2 on the entire season and Fitzpatrick and Winston they've never in the history of their career been a top 10 QB in fantasy and the fact that Munka was able to do that imagine him with Baker back in 2015 I believe Fitzpatrick had 32 touchdowns (laughs) sorry so one time but like either way like the the whole point is the fact that we have Munka there with the whole air raid offense and everything Baker Mayfield is going to have a massive season I mean it's going to be big he's going to go absolutely off and he's got a whole, you know, preseason under his belt, or not preseason, offseason under his belt with this new system and with being the guy in town, not having to take someone's job, not having to deal with the Hugh Jackson nonsense. I'm expecting a massive season for Baker Mayfield, and I think any week he's in play. And the Titans, they're not good. Sure, they might have this positive game script, but this is the Browns. Like, they have been terrible for a while, and they might just want to pour it on just to show everyone that they're, they're here and they're ready to go. Uh, running backs, Mangone, uh, under the assumption that Tony Pollard is the running back for Dallas and Zeke doesn't play. And again, we don't know. It's a flat-out guess. But just, uh, you know, appease me for the hypothetical. He's 4.5K. Uh, is this a lock button, much like your previous lock button? <laughs> yeah, I think he's a guy that, like, if you look at the poll that you posted, like, I, I voted on it. I voted uh, the 75 to 100%. Like, I want to be heavily exposed to Tony Pollard. Like, I'm building three lineups on DraftKings. Like, there's a good chance he's going to be in all three. Like, sure, maybe there's that one chance I don't have him on, like, the one. Like, if it happens, like, organically and I just can't get him in, that'd be frustrating. But I want him on all my teams. And if I was playing, like, a script of teams, yeah, I'm going to play that. Like, if I'm playing on Yahoo and doing that $20 uh, GBP with the no management fee, yeah, Tony Pollard's probably going to be on every single team because he's just too cheap. And especially on DraftKings, like, the $4,500 price tag is just too good to pass up. So, uh, yeah, I'm in on Tony Pollard. Positive game script. Everything's looking perfect for him. If there's no Ezekiel Elliott, give me all the Tony Powell. Yeah, I value uh, opportunity over skill more than anything when it comes to running backs especially. But And we would presume he would get a heavy opportunity. But he's also skillful too. Like he's He looks really, really good. He looks legit. Like I don't necessarily care too much. As long as you're getting 20 carries, I'll take my chances. Uh, the tricky part, again, is you can only have three running backs. And Dalvin Cook is too cheap and well-positioned. Austin Eckler looks like a great play. Chris Carson looks like a great play. Uh, you know, the big spends as far as, you know, Saquon and McCaffrey are, you know, look like they're well positioned as well too. And it's not that hard to get them because we talk about all the value plays that are lurking out there, Grant. So what do we do with, uh, with a guy like Pollard? Like I, for cash, I think it makes a ton of sense. We shouldn't spend too much time on it because, you know, at some point, maybe 24 hours, this will be settled as far as Zeke is playing week one. But uh, just a general thought, what are you doing here if Pollard is the man? I mean, I'm probably just going to play a whole bunch of him. It's that simple. He's going to get the giant workload here. He's probably going to be 45% owned, but there are enough other good options around the same price range that people are going to use where he's not going to be overwhelmingly owned. And realistically, I think last year, the chalk, like Fitzpatrick was on the winning lineup, but it actually had one or two incredibly chalky guys. I think he's the guy you roll with. Maybe you can go over the less than the field if you really want to, but I'm probably just going to go all in on Pollard and just deal with it and hope that variance doesn't hit on him and him alone. But there are other guys in this price range that you can really go with. I mean, we have Freeman going up against Minnesota. They have a 21.5 implied total. He could potentially be in for a decent game. Eckler, we've already talked about going up against a little bit tougher matchup here, but he does. they do have a 25.5 implied team total here. Eckler did do well as a backup to Melvin Gordon, but if you remember, he wasn't as great when he was actually in the starting lineup when Gordon was out last year. So potentially pivoting off of Pollard, you can go down to Justin Jackson. If Eckler gets injured or if something just game script, they randomly decided to throw Justin Jackson in more of the game, you can go with him. Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette, like there's all sorts of guys in this range. And don't even forget about all the guys above him, Chubb, Mixon, Bell, David Johnson, Christian McCaffrey, Barkley, like paying up for some other guys. Not a bad idea at all. I think the chalk lineup build is probably going to be two cheap guys, most likely Pollard and either Cook, Carson, or Eckler, and then pay out for Barkley or McCaffrey. Yeah, where are you at, man? Going? I know you have a shell lineup. I think Cook's in it. Is Dalvin Cook in your, in your shell lineup right now? Yeah, man. Uh, if we're playing Family Feud, the board just dinged, Dean. Uh, yeah, Dalvin Cook is in it. Absolutely love him. He gets to get, go against Atlanta, and Atlanta's been a team that we've picked on against the running backs for many years now, and uh, I'm going to continue that. Also. 
the situation lines up well, has a new offensive coordinator, tendencies to run the ball a lot. I like the situation for him. Also, if they are trailing, right, because this is a game where they could be trailing against the Falcons, I'm not worried about uh, Madison going in there and, you know, stealing the PPR opportunity because that's for Dalvin Cook. Uh, he's not that kind of running back. So, uh, yeah, Cook is going to get those opportunities too. I expect a really big season out of Dalvin Cook. Nice bounce back season. And, uh, yeah, the spot is just too good. And, again, Dean, great for my 20% best ball shares. Yeah, that, that, that's the people care about. Um, let, let me ask you this. Let's say Zeke plays. Like, he signs tomorrow. He's good to go. You got Zeke up top at 9-2. You got Barkley at 9K, McCaffrey at 8-8, Mangone. Who's your favorite amongst those three for cash? Yeah, I think it's Christian McCaffrey. Like, I'm not touching Zeke. Uh, It's just there's an unknown, right? And not an unknown if he's going to play, but, like, I don't know what kind of shape he's in. Uh, I'm just not going to mess with that one. I got a guy like Christian McCaffrey who I just think is in a perfect spot. I like the game script for him. I'm expecting it to be a back-and-forth type of game. Uh, I like Christian McCaffrey a ton. I think that he's someone that's worth paying for. And uh, I think that's a good game stack opportunity that we didn't talk about too much as well. But uh, McCaffrey's my guy. How about you, Grant? Which running back do you like the most at the top? I think I'm going with Barkley. Um, it's close, though. It's very close. But Barkley, just the amount of targets he got last year, I know that McCaffrey got a ton too. The opponent he's going into against in the Giants had a giant target share to running backs last year at 26.6. And he's going to be a centerpiece of the offense. Golden Tate is in the offense right now. Eli Manning is obviously trash. There's going to be tons of dump-offs. He could potentially get 18 targets during the course of the game, as I think we saw once or twice last year. I don't know. I'm just a big Barkley guy, and I, I I don't know. I mean, we could see Cam airing out a little bit more, playing a little bit of catch-up. There is a s- small spread on that game, but there is always the chance that the Rams blow him out here. I think Saquon's a little bit more game script proof, and, like, he will be getting the majority of the shares. I mean, it's a new season. They could be a little bit more uh, – less carefree or more carefree whatever they whatever they could give them less uh touches this point in the season but we don't know it's a whole new ball game because it's a whole new year we don't know if McCaffrey's going to get 99 percent of the first team <laughs> offense like he did the first 11 weeks of last year so it, it, it's I, I think like Christian McCaffrey's probably the cash game SP or RB1 guy but I think I'd rather go with Barkley for tournaments yeah, that kind of speaks to the ownership I have, at least in my poll, among the pricey running backs on DK main slate. Which are you most likely to roster first? Uh, Barkley, 9K. McCaffrey, 8-8. Gurley. I threw Gurley in there for fun. 7.9K. And, and David Johnson, it feels like a wild card to me. Uh, interesting tournament play as far as that Arizona lineup, uh, what, what their new offense is going to look like. McCaffrey. Is it really that much of a wild card? I mean, we saw this guy two two, three years ago, whatever it was, and he was getting just tons of targets. And then he got one of the worst – coaches of all time running the offense who did not understand about throwing to the running back when you have one of the best receiving running backs in the league quite possibly the best receiving running back in the league outside of McCaffrey and now like he actually has a coach that is going to scheme to him is going to run a pace up offense Kyler Murray may be trash the offense may be trash but the volume is going to be there for David Johnson he's still an incredibly talented guy it's just the guy running the offense last year was horrible just absolutely horrible and he wanted to run up the middle first down almost every single time and not use David Johnson to his skill set so I don't think it's nearly as much of a wild card as everyone says he is I love DJ this year I love him in week one when we're getting him at 7-7 in an offense where he could potentially be in the same role he was two years ago when he was close to 10k I got him on both my season-long drafts. I, I, no I, one I, cares. No one cares at all. <laughs> they care about Mangone's best ball, but not my son. Oh, no. I got 20% David Johnson investment. So let me tell you, I am invested in David Johnson. I have 80% Melvin Gordon. I'm screwed. I care 100% not at all about this conversation. Uh, McCaffrey, 44%, by the way. Barkley, 26%. Johnson at 23%. And, of course, Gurley at 7%, which I think everybody basically would be in, like, wait-and-see mode in Gurley, which I suppose you could take advantage of that in tournaments. I'm probably not outside of maybe, like, one random share or something like that. And then you talk about Murray and, and DJ, Grant. I like that as a, as a pairing because Murray's going to have a little dump-off pass to Johnson. He's going to take it to the house. That's always nice to have, isn't it? Yeah, it's a little bit interesting, though. I mean – I guess it does have a pretty big correlation because Murray can always run the ball in, which takes a little bit of equity away from DJ. But I guess if you stack them together, you're still getting that touchdown in. DJ, yeah, like you're getting most of the touchdowns between those two guys, and there's the possible correlation of having a receiving or multiple receiving touchdowns for DJ in which both of them end up with points. 
this was like the most surprising poll response I think I got. And maybe it's because of a small sample size or whatever. I'm not really sure. And for whatever reason, this is what, this is one that was answered the least. But uh, I asked like basically your favorite wide receiver as far as the spend ups. Beckham in his first game versus Tennessee at 8.1K. Julio versus Minnesota at 8K. Mike Evans at 7.9K. Uh, and Tyreek Hill at 7.6K, Grant. Who do you think the people thought was the most popular? I guess I kind of framed it in a way where you might change your answer. Mike Evans? Yeah, and at 43%. Does that seem – does that seem – No, he's got a massive target share. Tampa Bay is one of the favorite teams of the week. They know that they're going to air the ball out a, ball, air the ball out a ton. Minnesota still has some decent guys on the outside. Was very good versus wide receiver ones last year. OBJ is going up against a Tennessee team that will probably be at the same pace they were last year. They don't have they have a 25 implied team total, but we don't know how much they're going to spread the ball out. Last year they spread the ball out a ton. Even with OBJ in there, they still have Chubb. They still have Njoku. They still have Landry in the offense here. So it's a lot more weapons. Whereas in Atlanta, it's a little bit more concentrated on Julio and Tyreek Hill is going up against Jacksonville is one of the best teams in the league they were seventh in DVOA against wide receiver ones last year I get that Tyreek Hill is an absolute freak of nature but if I remember correctly he I think he only broke off a run in overtime that's why it redeemed value going up against Jacksonville but I still don't think he had that great of a game yeah, but like you know, and look, I'm no way besmirching Evans. I think Evans is legit. And he's in a great spot. I just, I, I just, I'm just surprised he separated himself in this grouping, pretty handily. And also, doesn't everybody want to just play? I thought everybody wanted to play Godwin Mangone. Like they're playing them both. No, unless outside of a stack, they're not. Well, you didn't put Godwin in the poll, but like, of course, people are gonna like Evans. Like, you know, Twitter polls work. You, know, you can only put four names there, right? Go ahead. Uh, yes, I, I understand how Twitter polls work, Dean. Thank you very much for that <laughs> lecture and lesson. Uh, Mike Evans. after the show. Mike Evans is a phenomenal option. Like the Bucks. Like who are you scared of? And the running back position taking up any opportunity, Dean, from the running backs. Anything? Is anyone going to do anything on the Bucks from the running backs? It, today, this is the year for Jones. I think he's going to break. No, I, I don't like any of the running backs. Is this Peyton Barber season? Uh, are you going to tweet that out on Sunday? A lock button him on all your lineups. Well, I mean, according to you, you're lock-buttoning everybody. So, like, uh, I'm not lock-buttoning for sure. I can confirm that. All right. Well, I just wanted to check and make sure. But, yeah, I think Mike Evans is a phenomenal option. Like him a lot. Uh, I've been loading up on him, doing, like, the six-mans and drafts. I've been getting a lot of Mike Evans exposure through that. So, uh, I like Mike Evans a ton. I'm sure in one of my, you know, three-entry max teams, I'm sure I'll have one, uh, you know, either I'll probably run Jimmy G. I'll probably do like a Jimmy G with like Kittle and then run it back with like Mike Evans or run it back with Godwin or do like a Winston and then have Evans on it. And uh, you know, with OJ Howard and then run it back with, I don't know, someone like Kittle or Pettis or something like that, but I'm going to be loaded up on this game and I'm going to be loaded up on Mike Evans in tournaments. I'll definitely be overweight compared to the field. Let's jump back to your cash lineup though. I don't think Mike Evans is on your cash lineup, is he? No, I don't think he makes the cash line because I don't think he just fits the construction necessarily. Yeah. Um, if I have the money for Mike Evans, sure. Like, I honestly think he might be the highest scoring wide receiver on the entire slate, but I just don't know if I'll have that money for Mike Evans. Uh, that's kind of one of the concerns that I'm having. But uh, he's a really good play, definitely someone to be loading up on uh, in tournaments. It doesn't feel like he's going to be the cash game guy. I'm probably going to go not from that tier, the top tier at receiver. I'm probably going to go like more to the mid tier to grab it. Back to your, uh, your your shell lineup, you have Westbrook locked in. Uh, I don't think you're getting Evans. Again, I like Evans. I just don't think he fits the bill, just kind of like you kind of said, too. And I'm probably more likely to play Godwin just because of the price and within the world of a salary cap. But we're going to play the feud one, one more time. Samuel's on the board, right? He's on your team? Yeah, Samuel, Samuel's definitely in play. He's a really cheap option. Uh, definitely like him. Right, if I have money to spend up, though, let's say, like, salary could move around and I might have uh, a chance to move up from Samuel, Sure. I might do that, but uh, right now I definitely have Samuel as a guy in there. I just think his price is too cheap. If you look at the situation, you take away Funchess, and with taking him away from that situation, that just improves Samuel's opportunity and improves DJ Moore's opportunity. There's only ways to go up, and they're likely going to have a positive game script there because this game I expect to be a back-and-forth game, lots of scoring, lots of opportunity for Samuel here, and I think this price at 4200 this might be the cheapest you see him all season. So, again, another guy receiver that I'm not saying uh, you have to lock button in, but if you want it to i wouldn't say that you're crazy if you want to go overweight on one of these guys and just beat the field in it i don't think it's crazy because this is a price that i don't think you're going to see on samuel like ndd westbrook much rest of the season grant uh your seahawks have one of my favorite receivers this week are you on him as well yeah i mean they don't have anyone else to throw to he was having a great season last year his target share is probably going to increase because of all the injuries 
I mean, Baldwin's not on the team anymore. They are probably going to run the ball a decent amount just because that seems to be what they want to do. I don't know why, but they are and seem to work last year. He's going up against a bad defense here in Cincinnati, and he's only 6K. And when you consider his target share, when you consider his ability to take the ball deep, everything kind of makes sense for using him. I, I think he's one of the top options on the entire slate, but I also think there's decent pivots right around the same price range that are going to be way less owned. I just want to clarify, we've never said the guy's name. We keep saying he and him. It's Tyler Lockett for the people, in case you're curious, if you haven't figured it out. It wasn't Jerron Brown the whole time, was it? No, no. I don't, he's not on the team anymore, I don't think. No, I think Jerron Brown is a second wide receiver right now, is he now? He got cut. Yeah, he got cut. When, I don't think the they have a second wide receiver. When did he get cut? He got, he got cut, cut when they traded for Clowney. Yeah, he got cut on Saturday when they do all of the, uh, you know, the, all the things. Apparently, you weren't paying attention on Twitter, Dean. You know? I was. <laughs> I did a lot of prep work, and that one somehow slipped past me. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, so I like Lockett a good bit uh, for all the reasons that Grant was talking about. Give me somebody off the board. Uh, anybody else, Grant? If you have another receiver, you're kind of uh, hoarding, and you want to share with the people, by all means, go for it. I mean, there's, there's a few guys. Uh, like I already mentioned, the Rams wide receivers. People forget what was happening with Cup in the offense, and Gurley is probably going to be less of a centerpiece now that – for some reason, he aged three years and three months, um, or allegedly. There's guys like Diggs and Thielen that I don't know if people are going to be on as much because they have more money to spend, so they're probably going to go up to Julio Jones, to Mike Evans, to Tyreek Hill. I get that Thielen kind of dropped off at the end of the season, but this is still an offense that, while a lot of people are relying on Dalvin Cook to probably have a very good season, and he very, very well may, and he's probably going to be a lot healthier this season, Kirk Cousins is still a guy that aired it out over in Washington, aired it out a whole bunch over in Minnesota. They're probably going to be a heavy passing offense. And these two guys are very much the biggest targets. They can either one of them can end up with 15 targets in any given game here. Using either one of them gives you a lot of upside, and they're going to be slightly less owned because of the guys that are above them and the guys that are a grand below them. <clears throat> um, let's see. Is there anyone I missed? We didn't mention Kirk. Oh, Adam Humphreys. Adam Humphreys is my oh. favorite GPP play this week. No. Absolutely love him. That's can we make the bet that you have to play Adam Humphreys? Come on, man, can, you take, can he take Adam Humphreys? I'll take Diddy Westbrook. I'll take Samuel. I'll like, take anybody. <laughs> done. Done. I'm in. Oh, this is great. This is, I mean, this want to just start off with two tweets? I, I will start crafting your tweet once yes. we get off this podcast. Me and Dean will craft the tweet throughout the week. Uh, this is just handcraft cool. it. I'm going to handcraft my tweet just so you know. That's a callback to when people weren't listening, Dean. Just yes. so you know. <laughs> By the way, I have some breaking news right now. I just want to, uh, you Jerome know. Brown was signed by somebody? No, Jerome Brown is not signed. Uh, I don't know if he's signed by, by, signed by Dean78904, but uh, he has not been signed still. Um, the, Cowboys, the Cowboys, they signed two running backs off their practice squad. Because, oh, boy. Because of their talks with Elliott. So, um, I just think things are shaking up here. And, again, like, we are the early podcast. But, uh, listen, if, you, if anyone wants to, like, lock in a bet right now, like, will uh, Pollard uh, play or not, listen, I'll be in on it. Like, I think Pollard play is the uh, – I think Pollard is the starter going forward right now. So, people want to know, man, going, what percentage of best ball shares do you have of Tony Pollard? Oh, I mean, it's pretty high, man. I can <laughs> pull it up right now. I'm, I'm heavily – We're not talking about this. Let's move on. <laughs> we, we are. We are. We got to tell the people <laughs> – He's my highest owned running back at 33%, along with Devin Singletary, which, again, just Leonard... move on. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, people are going to tell me that the thing that they want to get rid of this podcast yes. is talking about my best ball shares. Tell us oh. in the chat or like in the comment section how terrible best ball references are, or how much you love them. Either way, please uh, feel free. Your constructive uh, criticism will be much appreciated. Uh, we're going to talk about tight ends in a second. Grant has a rant prepared, but he might have a second rant if uh, Van Gogh mentions uh, best balls one more time. <laughs> oh, gosh, I forgot about the rant. I um, can't wait for it. I'm so excited. It's most exciting. Well, it was an yeah. interesting situation. I had to get up to a wedding rehearsal, and I was down in Southern California. I can't remember what city. And I go to a gas station, and I get a delicious hot dog because I'm hungry. Oh, no. And some guy comes up to me while I'm eating my hot dog and is trying to sell me a stereo out of the back of his car. And I already know that this is either stolen or a scam, but I'm trying to get rid of him. And the dude is relentless. And so he's like, I've got the work order here. I'm like, I should have known that how much of this game this was and just immediately got in my car. He's like, how much will you give for this? I'm selling it for like a thousand. Look, the MSRP is 2000. I'm like, dude, I'll give you like 20 bucks. He's like, no, man, come on. Look at the MSRP is 2000. Dude, I'll give you 40 bucks. 
And finally, like, he wouldn't leave me alone, so I gave him $100 just to get rid of him. And then I immediately go in the car, I check to see if it's stolen. I'm like, oh, it's not stolen. Enter the name of the thing, I'm like, oh, it's a scam. All right, great. The worst part was I didn't care about the $100. I cared about, I had to go to, like, four different dumpsters to draw, or three different <laughs> trash cans and one dumpster to dump stuff off. Because apparently, in Laguna Beach and Dana Point, they hide their dumpsters so it's tough to throw stuff away. So it's just a giant stereo set that I have to piecemeal into different trash cans. I don't care about the hundred dollars. It just wasted so much of my time. C couple things. Uh, how you went uh, on a distance for a dress rehearsal dinner? I went what for a dress rehearsal? You went to a wedding rehearsal dinner. It wasn't even for a wedding. It was what? Yes, it, I went to the dinner. And then the wedding was the next day. Dean, do you not know how weddings work? The dinner and then the hot dog on top of that, and also the hot dog at like Seven Eleven or whatever. What are you doing, Dean? No one, no one. Okay, so the hot dogs are delicious, and I have to focus on the open bar at the wedding rehearsal. So you get a little bit of food in your stomach. Plus, they aren't going to be the wedding rehearsal was at two thirty in the afternoon, or the wedding rehearsal dinner was at two thirty in the afternoon. What? It was a very strange situation. I had a good time, but. Yes, it was very weird. How Needless to say, I didn't make it till 10.30 that night. What was it, the, like the blue plate special at 2.30 for a dinner? What, what are we talking about? I don't know. It, it, was, it was very confusing. It was right. very confusing. And you yeah. couldn't like, donate to like, the Goodwill? Or it was that bad? It was that much trash? Like it, no, Goodwill wouldn't take the stereo? I mean, I guess that would have been a smarter move. I sh <laughs> but I, then I'd have to find a Goodwill. I just assumed I'd be able to find a dumpster, and it turned out to be a giant pain finding a dumpster. <laughs> Mango, you have some thoughts, it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, all I'd say is like, Grant, next time you are struggling at 7-Eleven and you're having a bad day, get get a slice of pizza there, man. It always it wasn't actually. It was a Chevron hot dog. Well, oh well, no, the <laughs> highest quality of hot dogs, the power rankings of hot dogs, Chevron is not in the family feed. A.M.P.M. is definitely number one. <laughs> Mangone uh, lives in the New York, New Jersey area, and he gets his pizza at 7-Eleven. Like that's, that's that, so you are corrupting everything the way you're saying that. That's one all time, time. That was a fact. That was not a fact. I said one time I was at 7-Eleven and I was sitting there and it was close to lineup block and I had to get home and I needed something to eat. You know, when you're sitting there and you're just struggling, you're like, I need to eat something. And I was staring at the pizza and I said, you know what? We're just going to do it. Let's grab the slice of pizza. And I had a really good night over on DraftKings and FanDuel. Had a really nice night. So you know what I said the next day? Well, things went well. Let's go back and do the same thing. Let's do the same thing over again and have another nice day. And again, we had another really good day. And it wasn't just one of those double your money days. It was a really good day, Dean. What so girl, you're saying we, what girl are you taking to 7-Eleven pizza <laughs> on a date? I never said I took any girl to 7-Eleven on it. You're on saying a date. we. <laughs> oh, well, I'm talking about just me, like, you know, the, like Travis, like, you know, the, the team out of his pocket. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, you, it's, is a correlation, is a causation, or is a coincidence? Uh, I don't know, Dean. You know, I was just trying to do it for the good mojo, the good juju, and uh, hey. It, so it, what happened the one day it stopped? Like, you had a slice of pizza and your team sucked. Did you blame them on the pizza? No, we just, we stopped doing it. We called it a new day. We just, like, you know, brushed our hands off and said, okay, let's move on. No more eating this terrible pizza. And I haven't had it since. And now you're having gas station sushi or something like that, which is a one a night for you. <laughs> Who knows what you're up to? Well, we should talk about tight ends uh, before we step aside and get out of here. Uh, I think it's pretty clear cut as far as tight ends, Mangone. Uh, you know, Kelsey at the top, obviously legit. Kittle as well. Ertz, one of those Philadelphia pieces we talked about. O.J. Howard should be a monster taking a step forward with that Tampa Bay offense. There's just like, you know, three big mouths to feed in that Tampa Bay side. Uh, Ingram with all the targets, uh, you know, uh, presumably there against Dallas. And if you want to you save some money, we got uh, Henry, uh, just a little bit too cheap, right there, man, going because there's a lot of options to tight end. I'm probably not going off the board, like maybe six or seven or eight I'm willing to play. That's basically it for me. I don't think it's necessary. What say you? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head, and, like, you talked about O.J. Howard and, like, the Tampa situation, but, like, yeah, there's three big heads to feed, but there's no one to feed at running back, so there's ways that they can all eat, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, like O.J. Howard a lot, like Kittle, like Kelsey, Ingram's a pretty fine option. I think he's someone that will progress throughout the season, but with Eli Manning, I'm not as high on, but I think he's perfectly fine at the price of 4800 prefer O.J. Howard. I'm not the biggest Ertz fan. I, I, I obviously think he's a good player, but um, – I don't know. I don't think I'm going to go to him too much, at least this week. I'm sure I'll pick my spots. And then, yeah, I think Hunter Henry's price is amazing. I think those are the guys you're really looking at and really not many other people. What about you, Grant? Do you have any other contrarian options or is this just kind of how you're approaching tight end like the rest of the people? So. Yeah, I mean, it's those guys. It's Hunter Henry going up against a defense that 
kind of t- funneled targets to the running back and tight end last year. And then if you want to go off the board, if you want to go against O.J. Howard, I'm going to just keep playing this guy until I die. Cameron Brayton occasionally has a nice little two-touchdown game in him every, once a year. Going up against San Fran, who's just not a good defense, has not been great versus the tight end. And everyone's so – you talk about groupthink on one tight end. I'm pretty sure groupthink on O.J. Howard is just absolutely through the roof. So go with Cameron Brayton. They can run two tight end sets. They don't have Humphreys in the – offense anymore so we're not entirely certain if they're going to roll with more two wide receiver sets we don't know what exactly they're going to do and Brait still still really like Brait yeah I mean I don't know how they're going to replace Humphreys and his like you know seven catches and 30 yards yeah yeah that's seven <laughs> targets at 2800 if Brait had seven catches how would you feel about that even if he only had 30 yards this is just a callback to you losing this week are we are we officially locked in you have hump you have hump day against Cleveland um, I have Samuels and Mango, and who do you have again? D.D. Westbrook, man. Oh, man. Grant, seriously. Is, is it, we're locked in on this? Yeah, locked we're doing in? point per dollar, of course. But, oh, yeah. look at him. Oh, look at that, yeah. Really? You take a 5K <laughs> wide receiver? We've, oh. always, we've literally always done point per dollar. What a con, man. That's I mean, fine. D.D.'s going for like 20 to 25, so I'm fine. I, I'll I take the chalk and Samuels. I mean, I want like Lockett if we can do point per dollar, but uh, – uh, yeah, uh, whatever. I'll take Samuels. I, I, I won't uh, complain too much. Uh, any other thoughts as far as tight end? Should we give like any final thoughts as far as the slate? There's one more poll question that I wanted to tackle. Probably the most important poll question, Grant. I'm not sure if you saw this one or not. But, um, you know, to me, it's not even a conversation. Among the original Starburst flavors, which is the best, Grant? You got strawberry, which, of course, is the pink. Lemon, orange, or cherry? It's pink. And anyone who says differently is probably a sociopath. Mangone, are you a sociopath? I am not a sociopath. Uh, th- this is the right answer. It is strawberry pink. That's the one you want. I- I- if I could just get a, f- a pack of just all of them, which I think those are actually available now. They, 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 they sold them for a while, and I bought a lot of them, and then <laughs> then I got worried about diabetes, and then I stopped. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? We only have, according to the poll, only 44% of people are socio- sociopaths to follow me because – yeah, that is the chalk. You know, mark it down in the podcast. I don't know, 57, 58, 59 minutes in. This is the first time we agreed on something, boys. <laughs> it's, it's pink starburst. That's the chalk, and that's the right answer. It's not even a conversation. End of story. And by the way, it's updated. If you refresh, Dean, it's 56% now. So let's not, uh, let's not disrespect the 9% other people that uh, put some votes in. So, yeah, uh, I agree with you. Strawberry pink is the Did one. Did you guys know that green gummy bears are strawberry flavored? No. No, that's not something I ever thought. I don't, I don't remember the last time I had a green gummy bear, if I'm being honest. I thought they all taste the same. Is it just like food coloring? Like food? No, dye? no. They have the different colors are different flavors, and green is for some reason strawberry. <laughs> Which why it's, is pink strawberry? I don't know. Yeah, I, I wanted to clarify just because people know that that's the, the, the pink is strawberry. I clarified in the poll, and yeah, amongst seven percent for lemon. Lemon is like the uh, like the Adam Humphreys of Starburst flavors, I guess you can say. Uh, Mango, well, let's finish strong. Uh, give, give me something. Give me a, a bold. I mean, I don't know. Whatever, whatever our term is going to be, bold call, hot take. Uh, you know, the, the, what, what are we going to find out? We're going to wake it up Monday morning and say, or I guess Sunday night and saying, oh, man, I wish I would have played this. I wish I would have locked button that. Tell me, sell me on something. Yeah, well, I guess like the two takes that I said, I guess I'll like just talk about them again. Like, I think you're going to want to have a game stack of the San Francisco and uh, San Francisco and Bucks game. I think that's the, one of the best games on the board, and that's the one you want to be overweight on. If you pick, have to pick one stack, you're only playing one lineup in GBPs. That's what I would pick, and I'm just going to stand with it, man. You want to lock button D.D. Westbrook. Again, similar to Curtis Samuel. Like, I don't think that D.D. Westbrook is going to cost below 5K maybe for the rest of the season, Dean. Like, that's how confident I am in him. I'm expecting a really big game. Uh, love D.D. Westbrook here at the spot. Grant, see those hot takes and raise them. I mean, if you want to go safe, you just go with Tampa Bay San Fran game stack or you go with KC Jacksonville game stack. You go with the cheap running backs. You go with a way underpriced wide receiver. But if you want to go balls out, you play Josh Allen and you play him with one of his big play wide receivers and Ooh. you win a ton of money. You say one of like he has more than one. Foster Brown. Yeah, I mean, Brown. Or you can date playing with um, very – I haven't even looked into Beasley, to be honest, too much. But I just I just remember that he's there. I'm like, I I just I just get so excited about Robert Foster every single time I see him, and he's only 4K, and I know it could end terribly. But you're getting a guy that was one of the better fantasy 
point producers. The second half of the season, Grant was larger because of his running ability. But you can pair him with his most expensive wide receiver is 4,300. So they're all big play guys. They essentially look to run. And then when they can't run or they look to throw far, they don't see anything, then they just run. That's how the offense works. It has big playability in almost every single matchup here. And they're cheap. They're super cheap, super cheap. And you can even – you can throw in the entirety of the offense for under 20K, including Singletary. Listen, I feel, I feel better about your Cole Beasley take uh, than your Adam Humphreys one. So, uh, yeah, uh, I actually did read some stuff. I think you're mixing up Cole Beasley and Adam Humphreys. For, I, I can't imagine why you're mixing those two up. But I think Look, Humphreys, is, yeah, Humphreys has done well for me over the years. And I think I'm, I'm, I'm ready to just pounce on a 4K – on a slate where there's super chalk and there's always the potential. The guy has speed. Good possession wide receiver or good slight wide receiver that's going to get probably a ton of targets in that offense. Marietta runs an offense where he tries to get high percentage passes, and that's perfect for Humphreys in the way that he plays. But he also has the ability to break one off. Remember, he was a punt returner at one point. He might still be a punt returner. I don't even know. But he's a guy with speed in an offense with not a whole lot of weapons in an offense where they do high percentage throws, and he's a guy that is perfect for that. I just, I just looked it up real quick, Grant. Adam Humphreys is the punt returner on a Titans depth jar. So there you go. Boom. Got it. Guy has speed. Grant, Grant, Grant's going yeah, to be the guy with the double dip, the Titans defense and the Adam <laughs> Humphreys in, in his lineup. This Look, week. the way he was using Tampa, it's because they had Jackson and they had uh, Evans and then they had Godwin and they had all sorts of guys that could stretch the field. So everyone plays a specific role in their offense here. And Humphreys in the Tennessee offense could get a bigger workload here. I was wrapping the, I was like in wrap the show up mode like seven minutes ago. What's this? Ha- I'm, I'm ready to eat my protein bar. And you guys are going on a rant about Humphreys. And uh, I, I'll just say my bold call just to take a knock, knock at that Tennessee side. Uh, give me Mayfield for 350 and three and o, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. That's O-D-J? No, O-D-B. <laughs> I still don't know. It's O-B-J. OBJ, not Rizzo, think OBJ, but OBJ. It's Odell Beckham. He's going to go for 150 and uh, two touchdowns. One of which uh, a 70 yarder. He's going to get free. He's going to be unleashed. It's going to be fun. It's going to be good times. That's the end of the podcast. Again, feel free to leave some messages in our uh, in the Roto Grinders uh, little spot. You know, saying hey, leave a message. Tell us you watched the deal. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. We want to make this better. We want to make this more fun to listen to. Again, it's a first look podcast. It's not the first podcast you should be listening to. Wait, it is. It's just not the last one because we're recording it Monday night. He's Van Gogh. He's Grant. I'm Dean. Thanks for watching. We're out of here. Holler. Listen, kids.